Hi, it's Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep in sunny Long Island, New York. And I wanted to chat really quickly uh, about a question that I've been getting several times a week. So I figured uh, you might have these questions uh, also. And that is a question about applying early decision. So just to date stamp this, this is October 16th. And many colleges have early application deadlines of one form or another, including early decision. So for those of you who are not quite in the know, early decision is the quote unquote binding application, meaning that to most people, that if you apply early decision and you're accepted, then you have to go. Is that really the case? Uh, I will get to that. And then there are um, ways to apply early also that are not binding called early action. That was designed to encourage people to apply early and find out whether they were accepted or not earlier in the timeline, usually in November or December, probably December, uh, instead of March or April. Here's a fun fact about early action, the non-binding one. Um, the last couple of years, colleges were so inundated with applications because of mostly because of their test optional policies that they couldn't possibly even review all those applications, those early applications. So they ended up deferring anywhere from 50 to 80% in some cases of the uh, early applications, early action applications. So getting back to early decision, which can also be restricted to early action, uh, I'm going to treat them the same way, the binding one. The thing about applying early decision is that it is not binding. So for a few reasons. Number one, if you're applying to college, generally you're 17 years old and you're not of the legal age of majority and you can't uh, you can't form a binding contract it's unlawful right so that's number one one big reason why it's not binding second is there's actually language in that early decision agreement which applicants you know kids sign as do parents as do guidance counselors so there's three there's three signatories to this non-binding unlawful contract and um the language says specifically I guess I'll paraphrase. It says, if you apply and you get in, you agree to come here unless the financial aid offer is not adequate or it's not doesn't make it possible for you to attend. Here's the thing about that clause. You, the applicant, are the sole judge and jury as to whether that financial aid offer is, in fact, adequate or not. There's no objective standard of adequacy. So you have that out in clear language right there. Uh, another reason why it's not binding is because, as far as I know, there there's no way that any college can force you to attend that school and pay a certain price for it. You know, that's, that's not the way things are done uh, in this country or any other country that I know of. So why does everyone think that it is binding? Well, for the most part, that comes from your guidance counselor. And I am on record enough for bashing guidance counselors. I don't think of myself as a hater of guidance counselors. In fact, I think they're overwhelmed and untrained and outnumbered. But that doesn't stop me from stirring the pot, so I'll do that here. For the most part, the reason that you are told it's binding is because guidance counselors don't only have your best interests at heart, assuming that for sake of argument. They are also concerned that if you apply early decision, you get in and then you decline because you, you use this you know, financial out and you don't go, 
they're afraid that somehow you're going to taint next year's crop of applicants to that school. So in other words, uh, wow, we managed to get someone into Dartmouth this year, but that kid decided not to go there. So there's no way anyone's going to go to Dartmouth next year if they get in. I'm sorry, they won't even be admitted if they apply because Dartmouth's going to write us off. Um, does that actually happen? I suppose it could. Uh, I really don't think it does, but who cares, right? It's not your um, it's not your worry unless you have a younger child maybe in that same school district or that same private high school. Your highest duty of loyalty is to yourself and your own family, not to the you know future kids applying to that college at your uh, high school. I'm an amateur ethicist. For God's sakes, I'm a college advisor, you know. Damn it, I'm a college advisor, not a miracle worker. Uh, so some other sort of related questions. Um, someone asked me today, and I've, I've gotten this question a couple times already this month. If I play early decision, do the other colleges know about it? So my response is, no, they don't. And even if they did know, who cares? All that means is that you've indicated that you're in play somewhere else. There's nothing wrong with uh, indicating that you're you know, you're looking at other options, right? That's a pretty strong negotiating standpoint as opposed to you're my only college that I want to get into. Please, please, please let me in. I'll, I can't go anywhere else. You know, what, what makes you more attractive as a, um, as a potential college candidate? Um, yeah, look, I mean, even if they did find out somehow that you were applying, then I think that's probably a good thing, but they don't. They don't know that. So... I don't love our decision from a financial aid standpoint. This will be my last comment here. And if you're watching or listening, uh, you know, hope you're hope you're enjoying this and realizing that there is uh, other information out there besides what you may be hearing from your guidance counselor or not hearing from your guidance counselor. And this too is one of those things. You know, if you apply a real decision, it, it does to some extent help your chances of getting in but I don't love it for financial aid. So let me just pick apart those two statements. In terms of getting in, um, there are stats that most colleges publish that say things like, oh, we took 50% of our class from early decision, or you have a 40% greater uh, you know, odds of admission if you apply early decision. That may be true, but there's also a lot of self-selectivity in those numbers. So if, for example, you are a legacy, the only way to get to benefit from that legacy status is by applying early decision. If you are a recruited athlete at a particular college, you apply early decision. If you're recruited for any reason at all, if you have a letter from a trustee or um, something along those lines, you have to apply early decision because otherwise they wouldn't stick their neck out for you. So latent in these numbers, buried in these raw early decision statistics is this sort of self-selectivity. So it does help your chance of getting in, but probably not as much as the naked stats would say. And then when it comes to financial aid, they know when they offer you aid that you don't have any other offers to compare the early decision college's financial aid offer to. So that's not a great position of, uh, to be in also in a negotiation where you don't have any other offers. So on one hand, it can help you get in. On the other hand, it may not end up being the highest and best financial aid offer that you could have ever received. Now, you can always try, and I do this too every year with my clients, uh, we always try to negotiate those offers or appeal them you know, or approve them, but without having other financial aid 
you know, offers in our hip pocket, it takes a, a lot, if not all, of the leverage away. So I hope this was good information about early decision, and I'm guessing you haven't heard it anywhere else. Um, wherever you are listening to this, on our, if it's on our podcast, on one of the various podcast platforms, or you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or something, uh, go ahead and you know subscribe or follow or wh whatever it is people do so you don't miss out on any more information. Um, I have decided that I'm going to be giving sort of a, uh, for the rest of this admissions and application cycle, sort of a inside baseball, look over my shoulder, here are some questions I'm getting when I deem them to be you know, questions that I think other people would benefit from. But if you have questions, just pop them in to, you know, the, the comments section, wherever you're watching or listening. And if they're, um, if they're good enough, meaning if they apply to more than just you, then there's a shot that I will answer it. All right. Thanks for watching and listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.